Welcome to Uphill Conversations, your ride-along partners for your emerging future. Everything in life worth having is uphill. You can't go uphill with downhill habits. It's time for another show. Are you ready to be inspired? Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Uphill Conversations. This is episode 90. Thank you for listening in. I'm glad you could join me as you're living your life and heading toward your emerging future. Hopefully you are eliminating any downhill habits and canceling out all agreements with limiting beliefs. And yes, it is true. You can be more, do more and have more. So, hey, I want to say thank you to all of you who've been listening. And once again, I really appreciate your time. I've got some incredible submissions for new guests coming on the show here soon. And uh, man, I'm excited to uh, engage with them and have some great organic conversation. Hopefully going to provide you some amazing stuff for you to apply to your life and also be entertained and enjoy hearing the stories of others, right? Um, so I'll tell you something incredible that's going on in my life. I've got, so our firstborn son is graduating high school and uh, going on to college. Um uh, what an amazing journey it's been. You, I just feel like I blinked my eyes and, you know, he's, he's going to college. And, uh, you know, and then I got one right behind him. And then our little girl is going to be uh, sometime. She's eight. So we got a ways to go. <laughs> so I'm going to get something right in the long run, hopefully. But, um, you know, it kind of led me into what I want to do with this episode today. Um, thinking about just seeing you know, our oldest son in being where he's going and what he's doing and the things that he gave up and in order to make the decision that he did, he was playing at a high level in sports and he walked away from all of that because he wanted to focus on what he felt like God put in his heart to do, which was play guitar. And through that, literally walked away from all these opportunities, you know, at a D level D1 level schools and things like that to focus on playing a guitar, which as a musician, um, you know, makes me excited. And, um, but man, he's turned into just a madman playing. And um, our other son is like that as well, right behind him, just very, very talented, great in school, both of them, both athletic, but just to see our oldest just decide that he wanted to put all of his time and attention into that. And the difference that that has made in his world, in his belief, in how he's aligned himself, um, and seeing him develop his strength, ultimately, you know, getting invited to an incredible school with um, pretty much school being paid for um, at a very top-notch um, institution. So thinking about that, I was like, wow, I mean, just look at what he's able to do. And um, I'm always wanting to you know, see what people are capable of doing It's and how we can surprise ourselves when we really focus in and really get a hold of what's inside of us and listen to that inner voice that is saying this way, this way, this way, this way, you can do this, you can do this. And, and you see a person grab it at such a young age and really start to put themselves into it. Now, of course, it's just the beginning of the journey. There's many, many years ahead of him, I hope and believe. Um, and he's going to have his challenges and everything that goes along with it. But just to see that he's doing this now makes me obviously very proud as a father. But it also makes me think 
about um, something that I'm once again, very passionate about seeing people reach their emerging future, changing what their current condition is and heading towards their emerging future, putting in the right habits and the, the practices and principles and things that are necessary, building the right relationships in order to get there. That's so important and it's so vital, but he's got to take the trip. He's got to take the journey. It's got to be his. But then also looking at the fact that, that it, it's not about some special privilege. Um, you know, there was no advantage that came from me or from my wife to, uh, to get him there. This is his work. This is what he's done and what he's invested himself into. But getting back to that whole thing about the advantage in, and privilege and things like that, which that's a whole nother conversation that we could get into. And I want you to know that as I'm talking today and doing this solo podcast, I, I really want it to be clear that I am going to be talking about obviously some things that apply to me and where I stand and where I am in my life. And this is very personal for me, a very personal thing that I'm sharing, something that is on my mind all the time, which is a big driver for me. It, it's what makes me want to work with people every single day of my life. And when I think about the fact that my story is not one that most people would want to take hold of and claim it as their own, they wouldn't want to own my story. And that's okay. That's fine. It's mine and it is what it is. But I want to like open up a conversation around others, the power of others. And what led me to this, you know, was obviously my childhood and other things and not, you know, I'm a, I'm a person that's, I have ethnic ambiguity, right? Um, I'm ethnically ambiguous. I don't have a real line to draw directly to any kind of racial, you know, background. Like I can be a little of this or a little of that or whatever. Um, obviously you look at me, you can tell I'm something because I don't look, you know, I'm, I'm not just this guy that's just, you know, Oh, he's this. I have so many people from so many different cultures come up to me and try to even speak to me in their native language or their native tongue. And I'm like, ah, dude, I don't know what you're saying. And it's because I can pass for many things. And I've embraced that and I've grown to embrace that. And I grew up without a whole lot. I grew up um, without a lot of, you know, special privileges and things. And I've always w was taught to work hard and to, and to develop myself and to grow. And not, I've not done that very well. And there's times I have done it very, very well. But something happened a few years back that I want to kind of open this up with. And I'm going to share with you something that I wrote. And I promise I'm going to make this short and sweet and I'm going to close it off with something that I believe anyone, everyone can grab a hold of for themselves. But I was invited to join a group of um, for minority businesses. And, and so one of the things that I had to do is I had to obviously meet the criteria. Well, obviously people look at me and they knew it. And so I think that's what happened was I was invited in. But then when I was asked to prove, you know, my ethnicity and origin and all this other stuff, um, you know, in the 1970s, you know, I was born in 1970. And so... You know, my mom as a single parent, you know, and my mom being red hair, green eyes and white skin, uh, you know, they automatically assign my birth certificate as just white. The kid's white. That's what he is. So I knew that I had other stuff in me, but that's what I am. So 
in that process of going through this paperwork that I was putting in, I kept getting asked that, hey, we can't just do a visual test on you. We need some documentation to prove your ethnicity. So um, I was like, wow, this is interesting. I'm being invited into something, but because I can't give you all the concrete evidence of what I am exactly, you know, um, you know, here I am, I'm on the fringes, I'm on the outside. And I struggled with that. And I was like, okay, so what do I do? So I did a, I did the DNA stuff and it came back and it came back absolutely what I thought it would come back as ethnically ambiguous with so many different, you know, Western sub-Saharan, like, you know, West African sub-Saharan, like all kinds of things were in my DNA. It was just craziness. Okay. Which, which is great because I embrace that and I love that. And so even now that I've submitted that, I'm still waiting for a response to see, do I qualify, right? Because I've never been able to check a box and I don't believe in a box anyways. I don't want a box. I embrace all people. I love all people. And I do know it's an important conversation that we should have because of a lot of tensions, which once again, I'm not looking to get into any debates or arguments. I'm sharing a story and I want to encourage people with something here, but I'm always another, as I tell people, I'm another. And I, you know, I wish it was something that I could write. Here's other. And I can write down everything that I know that I think I know. And hopefully that'll be good enough. Um, and I do believe it's a conversation that needs to be had because that's what the world is becoming more and more like. There's a lot more others like me that are on the horizon who claim all sides and all parts of who they are and not just a part of it. And I'm just saying that in a very respectful way. When it comes to what I identify with, I identify first as a human being. I identify as a, as a human being with a spirit. I identify as a believer, a person who believes that God formed me and shaped me and made me. Um, I identify like every with everything that I have in me. All of it I claim and all of it I own. And I enjoy that and I love that. So when I was thinking about my son and all the things in the background and you know where he came from, and what's in his lineage and in my other children and and looking at the future for them and seeing how they're finding their way. And as I found my way and as I've been doing that, and then it made me think again about this submission that I was putting in this application for. And I, I, I still haven't gotten an answer because I don't know if I'll be brought in or not. And I don't really have to. I just thought it was cool that, you know, I join in with these folks and do some great work. So I wrote something about this and it actually got published in, um, it was in a publication. And I want to share this with you to lead to what I ultimately want you to take away with today. So I'm going to literally read something that I wrote and then I'm just going to close it up with um, my thought that I want you to take away regardless of who you are, whether you can define things for yourself or you can't, whether you have all the information or you have just some of it, or you have none of it. I just want you to know how important and in, in value and how valuable you are to this world. That when you walk into a room, you are what's missing and necessary. You belong. You're that important. And you val you're valued and you are valuable. And I can't, I can't put that into you. I can speak it to you. And I hope that you'll grab a hold of this. So let me let me share with you what I wrote. So it was. Basically, the article, just so to set it up, is working in a community of, of diverse people for diversity and inclusion. 
And I started out with saying the work of this community has tremendous reach and impact in local, national, and international businesses, organizations, and communities. Showcasing the unique attributes of minority businesses, their owners, and their people, um, as well as their leadership, innovation, services, and products they deliver daily, thus helping drive the economy. But as a member of this unique community, I find it vital for minority businesses and organizations and communities to continue striving to be on the path of continuous improvement. Diversity is just a point of entry to so much more. We have yet to see the full impact of our potential for our communities and for our businesses, our families, for the world. With that being said, I would like to share a critical piece to this emerging future of diversity and inclusion that deserves attention. It is one that I experience daily. I am a man of many races, and I do not fit into a particular group or category of people in accordance with the current race and ethnicity verification process. This is very complicated, and it all relates to my family history and their journey to this great nation. Hidden in my family are stories of immigrants who crossed cultural and racial lines with children born out of wedlock and many of us fatherless, known and unknown. I share this reality with many others who too feel like they are outliers and can remain in the shadows with tremendous potential to employ and make a difference with their unique contribution. In this time where we are experiencing the phenomenon, and this is when, this is at the height of Hamilton, uh, by the way. In this time when we are experiencing the phenomenon of the hit Broadway musical Hamilton, written and composed by Lin-Manuel Miranda, another man who understood life on the fringes, is not acceptable to live life on the fringes, fringes and took the steps to get his shot, persevering to find his place rise above his station, and make his mark on this world. He has only just begun to tell his story of identity and the pursuit of living his why as a man, and vicariously doing so through the story of one of our great founding fathers of this nation, Hamilton. Hamilton, a not-so-perfect man whose beginning was summed up beautifully by Ron Chernow in his biography, Alexander Hamilton, I recommend any of you read it. It's a powerful, powerful um, uh, book. I would get a hold of it and I would read it. But the way Chernow, in his biography of Alexander Hamilton, he opens up or he has this passage that I, that I shared in this writing that says, James 16 and Alexander 14 were now left alone, largely friendless and penniless, at every step in their rootless topsy-turvy existence, they had been surrounded by failed, broken, embittered people. Their short lives had been shadowed by a stupefying sequence of bankruptcies, marital separations, deaths, scandals, and disinheritance. Such repeated shocks must have stripped Alexander Hamilton of any sense that life was fair that he existed in a benign universe, or that he could ever count on help from anyone. That this abominable childhood produced such a strong, productive, self-reliant human being that this fatherless adolescent 
could have ended up a founding father of a country he had not yet even seen seems little short of miraculous. Because he maintained perfect silence about his unspeakable past, never exploiting it to puff his later success, it was impossible for his contemporaries to comprehend the exceptional nature of his personal triumph. What we know of Hamilton's childhood has been learned almost entirely during the past century. I continue by taking from that paragraph and I go into this section that I'm going to skip some parts and just go into this next section. There is still debate of his bloodline and race, and it may never be fully known. It would seem that no one would ever declare a safe race on a birth document. Or would they? Perhaps they would to hide a sin or a tragic event. How does one prove the evidence of origin, race, etc., beyond the document or the visual test when placed out of reach? How will this be done in the future, knowing the world is becoming more multicultural and bloodlines are being redefined? There are those on the fringes who want their shot, their opportunity to gain access and bring their contribution to make a difference and have impact those who perhaps have an uncategorized or other classification. Now, of course, I got feedback on that when I wrote that, and I've had great conversations around it. And once again, this is not about, I don't want to start a racial conversation. This is my story. This is my experience as what I call an other. And thinking about my son and seeing what he's doing and, 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 and our next son and then our daughter even, and the things that they're going to be able to do, that they carry themselves in a very different way. And they're living that life. And I believe that I've been able to see this in myself as well, knowing that, as I shared with you, the experience sometimes, and my mom did a great job. She was a great single mom for a long time and raised myself and my older brother very, very well. But there are times and things in our lives where we feel we share that same thing that Hamilton did, the abominable childhood produced such a strong, productive, self-reliant human being that this fatherless adolescent could have ended up a founding father of a country he had not yet even seen, seems like short of miraculous. When I tell my story about the things I've been through, some of the things I've experienced, some of my own self-inflicted wounds and then those that were inflicted on me by others. People are shocked to know that I'm able to still stand and do and still progress and still move forward what I do and what I do. And so I want to give this to all of you. There is two levels to this for me, a deeper one that I want to continue to develop and I will, and I'm going to be working on more of this around the idea of those uh, that are like myself that we're ethnically ambiguous, you know, and that's not a, a word that I want to offend anyone with. If you are that way, that's just my term that I use. So give me some latitude there if you would. But also just others, people in general, in their lives, in their stories, people who share the same instances of, you know, divorce or illegitimacy or illegitimate being an illegitimate child or disinheritance and and just all the things that you can face and that you can go through that can make you feel less than. But what about your shot? What about that deeper thing inside of you? There is a power in you 
And we don't have to sit on the fringes. We come forward with it. We move forward. We have to set our goals on greater things. We have to realize that we're more than we've become and that we are what's missing and necessary. We belong in the room and we belong as a part of this conversation, not just the conversation about things and stuff, but the conversation about making a difference, bringing change and better things into this world. So Hamilton, think about this. He went from his situation to becoming a founding father, a person who they don't even know his bloodline, but yet he became a founding father, a person who came from utter poverty and he became a founding father. He's even on our currency. The way he helped and he worked and the way he, he served, he wasn't perfect. He had his things. But I encourage you to read about him because I want to say this to you who are listening right now. There's a founding father in you or a founding mother. There's a founding someone in you. You're a founder of something. And you can do that. And there is nothing stopping you because there is the power of the other in you. Your uniqueness is inside of you. The other person I want to draw attention to is Meghan Markle. I think it's amazing. I love how she claims all of herself. You know, as a person who's biracial and she, you know, was a divorcee and, and, and her story wasn't perfect. Yeah, she had some benefits. She was in some acting. She did some things. But out of all the options that Prince Harry had, look at that. He chooses her. Out of all the other royal options, per se. He chose this royalty. You know what I think was the difference? And I'm not a big, you know, I know the royal wedding was a big thing, and it is a big deal to some people. But let me tell you what set this apart for me from any other. It's that it closed the gap for me. It's interesting that the union of England or Britain and the United States, again, wasn't over war, wasn't over commerce. It wasn't over so many of the things. It was over love. And even what we know to be true, that she didn't come from a royal family, didn't have the royal upbringing, but she carried herself like royalty. And so the royal came to her royalty and chose another royal. Just looked different. She went and met the queen and all the family and all of those people, and she presented herself as royalty. I watched her walk down the aisle. She carried herself like royalty. I watched her smile like royalty, the royalty of belief of something greater inside of her, that she belongs there. She belonged in that room and she could do that. And nothing was going to stop that. That is the royalty that I believe that each of us have in us as well. That we look at these two stories that are around our nations and countries and we have this history, which is you know, there's so many ways I could go with this and talk about it and some of the things that I think are cool and symbolic. But like Hamilton, we all have the founder in us. And like Megan, Markle, we all have the royal in us. So you know what? We can be and we are the founders. We can be and we are royals. My question to you is, when the difference needs to be made and it comes knocking and, they, and the door is open to you, will that founder be there? When royalty, the need of royalty, the need to change the way royalty looks comes knocking on your door, will you 
present royalty from no matter what your background is, your upbringing, what you've experienced, where you've been, that you show and you present that true royalty, that deep, deep value and worth that is true to all of us. I'm going to tell you right now, that is our greatest advantage, the uniqueness that you possess and that I possess. I hope this speaks to you as it speaks to me. I'm going to continue to develop and work on this, but I just wanted to inspire you with it. And as I'm thinking about my son moving out with his own Hamilton and his own Meghan Markle inside of him, I want him to experience that. All my children, I want the kids that I see and meet, the people that I see and meet, to have the founder and the royalty walking into the room, knowing that they're what's missing and necessary to make this world a better place. I encourage you to continue to listen to the show. Always connect with me if you want on uphillconversations.co. That's the website. You can find all of uh, the social links there. Um, And I would love to engage. If you want to be on the show, um, go ahead and click the button on there. Be a guest on the show. Fill out the form. Send me the information. Or submit someone else that you think could add value to be a great ride-along partner to people in their lives as they take their uphill journey to their emerging future. Um, and always please, if you can rate and review the show at iTunes and Stitcher, all you have to do is go to both of those and type in uphill conversations and, uh, not only listen, but rate and review the show. That's very, very helpful. But most importantly, I just want you guys to know that you truly can be more, do more and have more your reasons for being, doing and having, or for you to figure out and no one else. And always remember, you will see me on the hill. You've been listening to Uphill Conversations. If you'd like to hear more, subscribe to the show at uphillconversations.co. See you on the hill.